I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast formerly known as the Iwaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Tamika Long is a wife, mom of seven, and the founder of ZZ's World, intending to bridge the gap by creating learning tool puzzles that assist parents, guardians, and educators with difficult conversations through the power of play and visual art of puzzles. Having a deaf child of her own, creating inclusive and diverse products is at the forefront. And with over eight years of experience working in corporate Canada, identifying root causes and determining gaps in systems and processes was the foundation for her wanting to bridge the gap of making difficult conversations simple for children by creating the learning tool puzzles that assist with these conversations. So please welcome to the show, Tamika Long. Hi, McKinney. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your healing journey with us. Thank you. (laughs) I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation. You know, you and I have been following each other for a long time on social and I love like following your posts, you know, they're positive, they're uplifting, you're transparent about, you know, your evolution journey. So I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know that the listeners are going to get so many gems from hearing your story. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I want to start with, okay, so before we even started recording, I was I was saying to you, like, hats off to you for being a mom of seven. I have a, a girlfriend of mine who has 10 children, Ooh. and she's been on the show. She shared her story. I actually interviewed her and her husband recently. But I commend the work that mothers do in general, but to be responsible for the children that you guys bring into this world, the next generation, like, hats off to you. 
And I know that people who may be looking at your story from the outside that don't know anything about you, I would love if you could just share not only, you know, how you got to where you are presently with the business, but also how you've basically, I guess, against the odds and against probably the, you know, perceptions of society or naysayers, um, been able to build with seven children, because I know it's not easy with even one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's start there. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a great question. Um, honestly, since the time I was young as a teenage mom at the age of 17, I've learned that no matter what people tell you, you just have to just remove those limiting beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. I was one that people told me you couldn't, you can't do this. You can't finish school. You're not going, you're going to be a dropout. You're going to be into crime. You're going to do things. Cause I was, when I was growing up, I was very angry. Um, mm-hmm. I was angry. Uh, maybe my father not being around. And that's something that I had to figure out later on in life. Not him not being around sort of made me look for different ways, bad relationships um, and dealing with things. So now where I am today, I just, I think it's more just bleeding yourself, just taking out the naysayers. That's Mm -hmm. what I did, removing it. And just any obstacle, any no, no is the next opportunity. So you Mm -hmm. just have to keep on trying and removing those no's, those naysayers and those limiting beliefs. That's, that's what I can tell anybody. That's my my strongest um, thing that I would say. I would love if you could give some tips on how you, I guess, ignore the naysayers. I, I know that, okay, so as a mindset coach, I find sometimes some of the the practices that are um, given or encouraged once upon a time would be looked at as like toxic positivity. So mm-hmm. I try to be really real with my clients and I let them know things that I do personally that um, work. And sometimes there are some things that may work for me, may not work for others. But for those who are listening and that are like, how do you just ignore them? Like I, I've gotten great. <laughs> I ignore the naysayers, like great. <laughs> so I would love if you could give the listeners some, some tools and then I'll, I'll share some of my own as well. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, I continually think that I have to, what I do is I self-audit myself, taking personal inventory on what your failures are and, and what you need to do, like write them down and just focus. What I, what, what can I say? Look straight ahead, peripheral yeah. vision, look straight ahead because there's people going to say things about you. Everyone has something to say. And I truly believe if they're not saying anything about you, you're not really doing much. What do you do? I told, I'm going to be honest with you, Bikini. I have learned, maybe it's my Leo trait. I've learned to sort of don't care what people mm-hmm. say. Not everybody can follow that because I know it can be hurtful when you hear people say things like, oh, you know, she has seven kids. When I was growing up, I hearing that all the time, it used to bother me at first. Mm-hmm. But you just have to learn to sort of take inventory on what is really important to you, um, mm-hmm. what you can do to sort of distract that, what makes you happy, your wellness as going to the gym, focus on the positive things. Mm-hmm. I believe in toxic positivity. I don't like either. Yeah. Because some people are always positive, positive. They don't really listen to what you have to say. It's more like, yeah. oh, give it to God. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but what can you do? What tools can you give? So that's what I would say. Self-journal takes a self-audit because obstacles are necessary to success. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing people's noise is, is necessary to success. 
Because sometimes you can take those pain points and just make it better, make yourself self affirmations, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, accept your support, make time for yourself and just block out all the noise. Just block the noise like you're running a track race. You're yeah. at the 100 meter line and you're running and all you hear is the wind. Yes. <laughs> so two, two things I love that you said that, well, I love everything that you said there, but two things I wanted to um, highlight is like, you know, reflecting on what your priorities are and what's important to you. Because I feel like at the end of the day, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people who don't believe in you or what you're doing. And that has nothing to do with you as a person. That has to do with them. That has to do with, you know, their um, limiting beliefs, their perspectives, their, um, I guess, their experiences, their paradigms, right? So I don't, like when people say things, I don't necessarily take it personal as a a dig directly towards me because naturally as people, they, we project our inner insecurities. And when we have worked on ourselves, then we have a stronger ability to reflect that level of self-awareness. So I love that you also spoke to, um, you know, taking that personal inventory and reflecting on our ourselves. (laughs) I don't know if it's, I don't know, sometimes I attribute it to being an introvert where it's just a common quality to be more, um, like have more of an inner world and do more of that self-reflection. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm grateful that I'm an introvert where where that is concerned, but I know that there are a lot of listeners, a lot of women that I know that are extroverts and it's harder for them, I guess, to go inward when it comes to looking at, I guess, their, their own behaviors. Yes, that, that's very true. I mean, being I'm an, I, I took a survey one time and I thought I was extroverted and I found out that I'm both. It's actually Ambrose. weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was totally an extrovert. <laughs> I think there's a misconception with introverts and extroverts because sometimes I think people just automatically assume, you know, if you're introverted, you're super shy, you're extroverted, you're like, you yeah. know, outgoing. but it's really about how you, um, like your your energy so with introverts it's like we we start with a full battery and as we interact with people our battery is slowly drained so we need alone time to recharge that battery with extroverts you guys start well not you but like extroverts start with um it's almost like they start with the low battery and as they interact with people their battery gets charged up so they get charged up by being around other people so, you know, there's, there's um, I guess, differences in how we reset and how we recharge and not necessarily, it's not necessarily about being shy or outgoing or any of those things that people will attribute it to. Got it. That's great information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. Let's speak to, I guess, some of the other challenges that you deal with as a mom and business owner. So, you have a, a child that has a hearing disability and you've created this business that is inclusive. Let's talk about how you navigate that. Okay. So I have a son who's um, deaf and I, I found out he was deaf at the early age of 19. So back then they didn't do hearing tests. So to me, when that when I found out, it really hit me. Like, how am I going to manage Here's another obstacle that I have to go through being already a teenage mom, being looked at a certain way. And 
I, I just said going through the systems of schools and finding out that, you know, you have to either put him in a deaf school, you got to put him in a school where they, they used to push him to try to speak, but he was deaf. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to learn mm-hmm. sign language. Um, my kids had to learn sign language. I put them in a sign language daycare. Um, and I did that later on because I fo- sort of shunned it. I was mm-hmm. like, well, how am I going to do this? And then mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? Tamika, you got to unlearn that behavior of being taught that these kids are dumb. That's what people say because he mm-hmm. he's perfectly normal. He just is deaf. Mm-hmm. So I put him to a good school. Um, I learned to sign. And I did that later on. And I'm not ashamed to say that because a lot of parents right now don't know how to speak to their kids and communicate with them. Right. And so then that was the evolution of me saying, okay, you know, going through my daughter saying, I don't like my black skin. Um, my kids saying she didn't make the team. Um, bas- like I didn't make the basketball team and everyone in your house played ball or they ran track and she was really sad being bullied. Um, suffering mental illness and being in the hospital for like a lot of months because I, I tried to commit suicide. I wow. said, I had to come up with a different way to simplify topics um, once I got laid off. And, you know, talk to children, have them interact with you. Because, you know, you know, McKinney, once growing up in a, a I don't know, if West Union home, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, our parents are working so hard as a single home I grew up in because my dad left at a young age. We, tr- they work so hard, they don't have the time to interact, the time to say, I love you, the time to say, you know, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to unlearn that. I'm going to be honest right. with you, I, I don't really t- use those words before a lot. I had to unlearn that behavior because I thought it was normal. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the obstacles I went through to get to where I am of creating those puzzles. Because now I want to make things that I wasn't doing um, at the early age of my motherhood the stuff that my mom never did to mm-hmm. have conversations at the forefront that we may not like to talk about or so that kids can learn in the home before they get in school. So that's yeah. high level. Right there. Yeah. I, I, I love that you created a tool to help children, to help the next generation. I feel that, you know, as the generations go on, like obviously our parents did what they could with what they had at the time. They, basically were functioning out of a place of survival. They they were not able to process their traumas. They were basically, I guess, their trauma response was just like, you know, to keep going because they need to survive. They're in survival mode. So they were constantly, you know, in fight or flight mode. And I find the more conversations that I have, our generation, it's like, we we're like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I want better for my children. I want better for my children's children. Let me fix up. Let me unlearn the unhealthy patterns and behaviors that are considered common within our community. Yes. Um, because there's a lot of things in many different communities that are common and looked at as, yeah, that's, that's normal, but it's traumatic. It's unhealthy. Exactly. So I, I have recognized years ago things within the Black community and the more conversations that I'm having with women from different cultures, every culture has has things within their own culture that are unhealthy. But I love that you've created this these puzzles to help have these uncomfortable conversations. I, I feel like the more common that we make it, then the next generation of kids will be more open, you know, hopefully we'll have better communication skills than what we were experiencing as kids. <laughs> well, and I and I like to tell people I don't sell puzzles, I sell conversations. I conversations it. I didn't have. 
yeah. um, conversations I didn't even have with my kids in the early age, um, and then learn and, and just being more interactive. Yeah. yeah. And I also love how your own awareness of, um, because, you know, you've mentioned things that you experienced when you first became a parent in your earlier years and how you've done differently because you realized that something needed to change. Like you learning sign language for your, your child, you putting your children into daycare facility that teaches them sign language and stuff like that. I I think that is brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I guess I'm always interested in if there was like an aha moment for you that brought you to that, if there was like a particular thing, situation that happened, or if it was just like slowly over time. Great question. You know what? There was, I was, I've been in my lowest and sometimes I tear up when I say this, but I've been my lowest where I suffered mental illness, abusive relationships, and I was focusing always on the wrong thing. So I was focusing on, because maybe because of our trauma and I realize it's my trauma, I'm looking for love in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. So I, I start to say, you know what, the partying and the, like when I was younger, the drinking, the partying, um, fighting people. I used to fight a lot as a teenager, get into fights. What is this? This is something that I'm missing here. So I need to focus mm-hmm. to take that focus somewhere else and put it towards my children and mm-hmm. focusing on them. And then mm-hmm. everything else sort of fell into place, bettering myself. Because mm-hmm. I think we have to figure out ourselves first before we can help anybody else. Absolutely. And once I realized that, then everything started to fall into place. Yeah. Wow. There's a book by um, Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry called What Happened to You? Mm-hmm. And um, someone recommended I read it. And I, I read the audiobook first and then I bought the hardcover. And it was basically dissecting, you know, trauma and talking about you know, like how you just explained just now, like, you know, certain behaviors and things that you realized that you were doing and how to change that. Oftentimes we'll look at someone and be like, like, what's wrong with you? But it's really like, what happened to you? You know, we're, yes. we, we have these trauma responses and sometimes we're unaware of how our past traumas and things are, you know, our childhood wounds, childhood traumas, even, you know, some things in our later years, how that affects our behavior today and how we process and how we even respond. Um, So it's looking at, okay, well, what, what happened? What was the root of what happened here? And okay, you know, where is the truth here? And what is the solution? How can I work through this to make a better change for myself and those that I'm connected to. Yes, McKinney, you you break it down. So <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, like I don't you break it down all the time, even when I read your stuff so eloquently. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've tried for years to and and he, I guess it, it gets frustrating sometimes where it's like I have tried for years to process my own traumas, my mm-hmm. own hurts. You know, like you, I've attracted a lot of unhealthy relationships and I had to mm-hmm. do some uncomfortable healing and dig into my past and realize things that happened, you know, in my childhood and all those things to address those things and understand it. And they say that, you know, once you're able to teach it to someone else, that shows your understanding of it. So like everything that I learn, I'm teaching to my clients <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. But then sometimes you're trying to explain it to even just like friends or family or certain people because they're not in a healed space. They're not ready to hear that. 
So mm-hmm. they're they're hearing from an unhealthy place. And I find, you know, how you just said to me that I explained it so eloquently to me, it's like healed ears hear differently. So they're all when- your phrases <laughs> I tell you. I know from you. <laughs> And right now, we, it's like it hits different, right? <laughs> it does. It does. It's like you're, you're at that end of the journey. You're at that happy moment. You're at the. You're still learning through that journey, but you're 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 at that healing moment on the journey to almost. You're never really healed, but you're yeah. at the end where you can sort of help other people. That's what I want to say. Yeah, that happy place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm making this conversation about me now, but it's like we're we're on the same page. But I no. had um, I had a conversation with a girlfriend yesterday, and I said I can tell. Like I always look at my reaction to something. If a scenario happened, I look at how I I'm reacting to it now, and I'm like, wow, the old McKinney would have, and I would have thought of something destructive to do. <laughs> so I'm like, oh wow, I've grown. So That's it's like. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scenario um years ago I, I had a mentee and I, she used to joke around about having mental health issues but I wasn't sure if she was serious you know sometimes you feel like oh you know I'm whatever so she had said one time you know thank you for um you know tolerating my bipolar self or whatever she said something along those lines but I just thought you know people use certain language sometimes yes right? yep. and mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was actually diagnosed and then there was a you know, other women um, in the city that she was sabotaging their character and they would come to me and say, like, can you talk to her? And I'm like, I, I don't, I've never seen that side of her. I'm so sorry that you're having those experiences, but I will talk to her. And then I found out she was doing the same thing. So long story short, um, she is presently in a mental in- mental institution from a psychosis oh. breakdown from yeah. being bipolar. And I was saying to a very good friend of mine, it's like, you know, I have empathy. I said, I feel very bad for her. I feel bad for what she's experiencing, what she's going through. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, I've grown. Like <laughs> The old McKinney would have been like, this chick sabotaged my behavior and ruined friendship. Like, that's, I wasn't a, self-in- even- that's a self-inventory right there, though. So, I mean, right? you're auditing yourself. I've grown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a journey. It's un, it's not comfortable, but it's it's a journey. <laughs> I love it. But okay, so let's let's segue into um, you know, we were talking before about, you know, things that people say to, you know, sabotage or negative things that people say and you have seven children, but you got married when you had six and, you know, people would were saying oh, that you know, yeah. you would never get married and but girl. you are happily married. So. <laughs> girl. <laughs> so do you want me to go into that? Yes, man. The mic is all yours. <laughs> okay. So you know what? I, I, I've been told um, when I had my six kids, I was in a lot of, like in the first part, I was in a lot of abusive relationships. And I was told by, and I'm sure I've, I've read your story and I've heard your story. In the past, they'll say, you know, you're never going to find anybody who's going to marry you with three kids. You're never going to find anybody who's going to marry with you with five kids, mm-hmm. six kids. Mm-hmm. Um, then I said, you know what, let me think outside the box. And I went out of well, country. He's in, the, he, you know, in America. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I'm the type of person who works a lot. I do a lot. So Alondis' relationship, to be honest with you, would, would be good for me. Mm-hmm. So I went and, you know, I went online. Um, I actually met him in a travel site. He came off the travel site and then 
I came off it. I, I was in there for a bit and I came off and then I went online and then I saw him in there. And I'm mm. like, aren't you the same one I used to speak to in the travel site? We spoke, we hung out, he'd come and visit me all the time. And we built this happy relationship. I got married again. I I, I took those limiting beliefs of mm-hmm. hearing in my ears, you're never going to get married. And I'm one of those People, McKinney, I always believe anything that someone tells me, I'm going to do. Mm. And I think, I don't know if it's ego, if it's some um, part of the, it is probably part ego because I'm very proud in that way. Like, you're not going to tell me I'm not going to do it because I'm yeah. going to figure it out. And I write down a lot of um, expectations and what I will tolerate, what I won't tolerate, and what my wants are. I yeah. write them down in, in a journal and I, and I go after them. And that was one. I I didn't say I want to get married. I said I want to have a relationship that was happy. Um, And here we are. It's we're going on what, (laughs) girl? I've let me think. (laughs) Five years. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. They can get married. Don't let anybody tell you that a child's going to hold you back or abusive relationships or narcissism. Like I know um, you're an expert on that. Um, No, you can do it. Just expectations and write it down and go after what you want and what makes you happy. I have goosebumps right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if you listen to enough episodes, you know that when I get goosebumps, it's like the spirit talking to me, girl. Like I love so much of what you said there, and I'm going to break it down for the listeners so they understand the importance, even from like a, a, a mindset coaching perspective. So one, you writing it down. When we write things down, um, it sets off a chemical reaction in our mm-hmm. our brain. So it, it starts basically this wheel turning. So when you mm-hmm. write things down, it forces you to think. So that's in your your conscious mind. And when you start to think, it forces you to feel, which goes to your subconscious mind, which controls your actions. So when you start to feel, because it's controlling your actions, it then sets you in motion to take action. And then that's how you get the results. But then it's also in terms of manifesting what it is that you want. You know, uh, for our biblical people, you know, God says, write it down and make a plan. Um, yep. So <laughs> that that right there is important. So number one, writing it down. Number two, you talked about journaling. Journaling is so, so, so important for us. So important. Whether it be, you know, a five minute journal where you're writing down your gratitude practices, it doesn't matter. You're still writing it down and you're still um, basically manifesting and, and putting things down about what you want. Whether it be a journal where you're writing out your your feelings because that's your safe space. You know, whether yes. you go to therapy, whether you have your community of girlfriends, whatever it is, you are getting out your feelings. You're able to express them. And when we're expressing our feelings, it's healthier for the, for us because we're not suppressing them and causing depression, right? We're not like tucking our feelings down in there and exactly. pretending they don't exist. And then the beauty of what you said, writing down what you what you want, getting clear on what you want. One of the number one things that I find um, with women that I start working with, they don't know what they want. They're very unclear about what they want. And they don't know themselves. Right. And they don't know themselves. (laughs) So I love that you said, you know, write like what you want, know what it is that you want. Creating a clear picture, because as people, we think in pictures, 
creating that clear picture of what you want for yourself, despite what the world has to say, despite what naysayers have to say. That vision that you have is given to you for a reason. Hold on to it. And before you forget about what it is, write it down. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I love all of those things for you. And I love that you've manifested now you're married and you have this partner and you didn't live within this box of thinking that you needed someone in the same area code as you. Like, I love all of it. Thank you. Thank I am you. happy for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I believe again, Makini, that I think a lot of us though, and that's even me, you don't really know ourselves. We don't get a chance to see what our likes, what our wants, what our needs are. Yeah. We just go from relationship to relationship, not really knowing and writing down like, okay, what do I like? Yeah. Like what makes me happy? And that was yeah. me too. I was just going, moving in the motion, right? Yeah. Those are some, some, Great practices. When did you start those practices? Was it after you had those, you know, those aha moments that something needed to change? Was it something that was recommended to you? Like, I started those practices when I realized I was, I had to look into myself and say, why am I meeting the same men all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, I must, am I the common denominator? What's going on here? Yeah. Um, and I had to say, okay, maybe I'm attracting those men for a reason. And sometimes yep. that happens. And I, I, I hear, I know you know that too, because I, yep. I, and I followed your journey. Um, we attract sometimes the same type of people, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I realized for me, it was self-love. I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. I had to love myself more. I had to start like making up stories. I used to make up stories to make myself look better. Mm-hmm. Like, like tell stories. Like in my twenties, I would lie about things that I, that weren't even necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's because I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, that's key. Loving yeah. yourself first um, yeah. is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I love the level of self-awareness and I love the transparency because I, I agree with everything that you've said. And like you said, you, you already know my experiences, mm-hmm. but like, it it takes <laughs> it takes a very courageous woman to admit yeah i attract you know toxic men but what it is what is it about me what is it that i need to do what is it that i need to heal from what is it that i need to change within me instead of you know constantly playing the victim and blaming 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 uh, it absolutely. it's it's a hard place um but it's a beautiful place and it's a beautiful process once you get there because that's when you're able to do the work to stop attracting the things that you were attracting to do differently. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's you know, I used to always blame every man. Like, you know, why wouldn't like, he's this, he's that. I would say some mean things. Like you said, you have to hold yourself back. Mm -hmm. That's when I knew I was changing when, you know, my exes would text me about the kids and I'd want to say some bad words and I would be like, you're not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) You know, it's funny. It took me a very long time to get to that place. Like my ex-husband and I, we were together for almost nine years. We were married for almost five of those nine years. And so that's who I have my son with. And it was like going through that divorce, the worst ever. But I was so angry and in my feelings and every message from him triggered me. And we would constantly get into arguments. Everything he said was an issue. And then one day I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not participating in this anymore. I'm not giving you my energy. I'm not allowing you to upset me. I am taking my power back. And he would message things. 
and I wouldn't respond. Or he would be yelling at me through the phone and I'd be like, are you finished? Best okay, feeling. <laughs> Wasn't that the best feeling, Makini? Wasn't that the best? Didn't you feel like I was? The I, greatest oh. feeling ever. <laughs> I used to pray that he would find a girl that would keep him occupied because I'm like, ah, he wouldn't have the energy to argue with me. I pray for his happiness so that he leaves me alone. <laughs> wow. I love That's it. That's growth. That's growth. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> that is growth. <laughs> That's I funny. love that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we we <laughs> could sit and sit here and talk about exes yeah. forever. Let's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on. part of it, which is helpful for the audience, is understanding the evolution and um, even the energy, because you know sometimes. People have exes and they're holding on to animosity and resentment and all these negative feelings. We don't understand how that affects us. Like it took me a long time to realize that that energy that I was harboring, it was hurting me. That anger was hurting me. It wasn't hurting him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't hurting him. (laughs) So, So it's letting all of that go and the pot, like not even toxic positivity, but the, the positive energy of just wishing him well, Things completely changed for me. Business, I started to do better in. I started to meet, you know, friends that I connected with. It was just changing my vibration. It changed the the energy level around me and made things more more better for me in all areas of my life just by wishing this man well. <laughs> See, and, you know, people don't know that it does, like you said, what you just said was so, like, it's just resonating with me. We damage, it's more damaging when we take on all this anger towards mm-hmm. someone instead of just letting it go and, le- and letting go for me doesn't mean you forgive them but doesn't mean you have to ha- be in a relationship with them and right. you could say hi and bye and wish them well you don't even have to talk to them but you still wish them well yeah. is, is yes I agree yeah absolutely and it, it, here's here's the thing that it took me a while to realize our emotions because I am a very I consider myself a very emotional person I cry for commercials I cry for things that make no sense me too <laughs> 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 like it makes zero sense <laughs> but but our emotions are really just labels for the vibration that we're on so anger it's a low vibration it's a very low vibration so when we are angry and we are even if we're not even expressing that anger that vibration is there that's the vibration that we're on and we can only attract what we're in harmony with so if i'm angry everything around me is going to go haywire i'm all like I have to ask myself sometimes when life is, it seems like I made a metaphor, like probably like 10 years ago on, on Facebook, where I said, like, my life felt like I was inside of a snow globe and someone has turned it upside down and is just shaking it. But I am in a place where I am just patiently waiting for everything to fall and settle because I know that it has to eventually. And it's like, when we are in this angry space, chaos Mm -hmm. just happens all around us. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, yeah, I may not be able to control every single situation that is upside down right now, but I can control my energy. I can control my vibration. So I have to shift my focus and what I'm focusing on and how I'm feeling. And when I'm able to do that, like, it's like with the blessings just start to come. It's like miracles start to appear. And I'm like, okay, God, I see you. (laughs) 
Everything comes when you start to do that. Shift. What you just said about that, I love that. That metaphor that you you said you, it's it is like a snow globe. Like you turn yeah. it upside down and it just settles back down. Oh wow! Yeah, that hit that, <laughs> that gave me that gave me the shivers. <laughs> Listen, life. That's why I tell you. Like I resonate with a lot of your posts on Facebook because I'm like, you are speaking what is in my head right now. So where I see we're on the same vibration. <laughs> you know what, McKinney? A lot of people on Facebook will say to me, oh, you you post, you tell your story too much, <clears throat> but they don't understand what it took to, for me to get there. I was never a transparent person. I was a person who hid be, behind somebody that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So to me, writing is, it makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, it, it's a way of expressing. And, and that's why I'm hoping like later on, I, I'm able to do that with young moms and stuff. And teach them different resources just by writing. It, yeah. it just helps. So yeah. I don't care what people think now because I'm just like, yeah. you don't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that journey for you because I, I know when I was in that space before I started writing my books, it was just through sharing on Facebook. And people said the same thing to me, like, girl, you're always putting your business out there. And it's like, no, I'm expressing myself, but there's a difference between sharing because we can share. And do you see how your posts resonate with me? You know, they, they're uplifting and I'm sure that you're touching and helping and healing people in the process, which is a great thing because our stories are blueprints for other people, but then it's not oversharing where on the flip side that can be unhealthy, right? (laughs) Where it's like inbox all the time. Like I have like 50, I swear to you. And I'm never going my inbox because I'm, you know, that's another story, but I have people in my inbox asking me um, different experiences. So, I mean, to me, it already shows me there's a gap, right? Like some people just, they learn from other people. Like you just said it best. It's for others. So when I write, I'm helping others and I'm just writing to write. I'm not even, because I love it. I love telling people what I went through and how to believe in themselves and to be resilient and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do anything. Yeah. That's my, that's my joy. That brings me joy. And that's the word. <laughs> I am, I am here cheering you on and telling you to keep it up only because I understand that the people who are saying that you're, you're writing too much, or you're sharing too much that again, their projection, they mm-hmm. don't feel that they could do that. Right. They don't have the courage to share. They don't have like vulnerability takes courage. So there are people whose paradigm or thought process or their behaviors are because of their traumas. They want to sweep everything under the rug. They want to keep everything behind closed doors. They want to pretend that life is perfect. If that works for them, go right ahead. <laughs> you can exactly. suppress all your stuff and keep all that you negative. Because like, you know, I used to watch like maybe even 10, 20, 15 years ago, I used to see people and and say things. And I, and that was really a, my, I had, I had an issue because why mm-hmm. am I watching what other people are doing when I can mm-hmm. be focused on my own self? Yeah. Now right. I don't have to be watching anybody. Anytime I see someone's Facebook page and I love it, I don't care what they write. I'm going to, I'm going to comment as long as I'm on there, I'm going to write and say, good for you. Like it's no, because ma- everyone has different experiences, their lived experience. It's what they went through. It's their trauma. And sometimes yeah. it comes into evolution when they're older and they, and and they look at other people because like you said they can't do that or they don't feel comfortable doing it right yeah yeah good points 
Yeah. Yeah. Girl, we could sit here and talk for hours. <laughs> okay. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell the listeners where they could stay connected with you to learn more from you and about you. They can find me on ZZ's World and um, that's where my puzzles are. Facebook, LinkedIn, all those fun social media platforms, except I'm not really on TikTok that much, but yeah, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Okay, perfect. I will have all of your uh, links in the detailed section of the episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So for the final segment of the show, it's kind of like a rapid fire. Um, you can answer one word or one sentence. I don't really like to live in a box. I'm kind of claustrophobic that way. So if you feel the need to expand, you are more than welcome to do so. <laughs> okay. So let's start with what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could be distractions, invitations, family. Toxic relationships. Good, good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what would you say is your superpower? I'm a master connector and I'm good at, I love helping people. I love service. I love service. I like to help young single moms with resources and navigating systems. Love it. Love it. I have a comment. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. <laughs> um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you do at night before you go to bed? I don't touch my phone um, because I learned that from Atomic Habits. So I, I get up in the morning, I breathe, and I sort of meditate and then do my prayers. And that's what I do for the first hour. That's what I do. Love it. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Victory comes only after many struggles and can count countless defeats. Mm. Love that. What's the worst advice you've ever received? You'll never get married and having children will just be a burden. Mm, ouch. Okay. Uh, when and where are you the happiest? Um, on a basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> or at a games event or at the gym. Love it. <laughs> okay. Or in the car to music, Mikini. Sorry, I, I know we're not in a box. In the car, listen to music away from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> And last but not least, how has motherhood changed you? Mother, kids teach you. So motherhood has taught me that learning to always tell my kids, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, is the wrong way. And that's mm -hmm. why I use Suzu. Because uh, we learn and we should let them express. So yes. I'll give you a quick example. When something goes wrong in school, when a kid's being bullied or whatever, and you say, well, what did you do wrong? What we should first ask is, how did that make you feel? Yeah, we never do. Look, a lot of us don't do that. Yeah. Instead of just going right into the topic, how did that make you feel? It can change the world. So, kids, teach me. Yes, I love that. Love that so so much. I um, when I asked you the question earlier, and I said I wanted to come back to you when you said that you love being of service. In my head, immediately thought of there was a few years ago where I had written something on my Facebook about being of service, and then I ended the caption with like you know, who's, or how can you serve today or who's someone you can serve? Mm -hmm. And some guy commented like this whole paragraph about, he ain't no slave. He don't serve nobody. I was like, delete. <laughs> we, <laughs> we honestly, I don't know where your paradigm is, but we are not in alignment. We are not in harmony. Uh, yeah. 
I don't wow. need you on my Facebook. I don't know who you are. <laughs> wow. I was like, sorry. I just, I was like, because you were said that. I was like, I feel you. Me too. <laughs> I think service comes first because that's what I want my legacy to be. Yeah. Like how many people can serve, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tamika. Uh, this has been a, a long overdue conversation. I'm so grateful that we've had this time. I truly appreciate you. And just thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability. Thank you so much, Makini. I'm going to continue to watch and follow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And to all of you healers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show. Leave us a review on Apple podcast. I want to hear what part of Tamika's story resonated with you, what your takeaways were. We would love, love, love to hear it. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Tamika's personal page is sweetie74. That's S-W-E-E-T-E-E-74. And you can tag myself at The Real Bikini Smith. A healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal her.